Hello and welcome to our sixth episode of season two of the Oh My Gosh podcast. This will be our last podcast for this season, but please do stay tuned for season three. Um, today we will be discussing Pride, um, how people feel about Pride, how it's obviously a celebration, but also a protest. Um, we will be continuing discussions about identities and queerness a bit and then also activism and how people might want to take part in pride um and then we will be continuing our series where we interview different colleagues of ours so we will be talking to killian our operations manager and we will be speaking with patrick um our gender and orientation support worker uh then we will have the facts the g-o-s-h-h facts um, we have a question from one of our listeners and then we will just be kind of saying goodbye for the moment. Welcome. So, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is our final episode for season two. Um, Um, and as you can tell we're kind of in a bit of a giddy mood but um hopefully that will brighten up your day uh we will enlighten you with some interesting conversations and um as the title will probably suggest it's after pride and we're just going to have a little bit of a discussion around pride uh identities queerness uh how to take part in pride uh, how it's still a protest Lots of different things. Yes. So how did everyone find Pride in general? And maybe Limerick Pride as well. Mm-hmm. I thought the weather was lovely. Mm-hmm. It was really yeah. nice. It was warm. Um, yeah. I suppose it's my first one properly involved as a, as a worker. Yeah. Because when I began working, it was during COVID. It was very limiting of what you could do. Mm-hmm. And it was a major disconnection. And I definitely fe- felt the connection this year, um, which was nice to have. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the weather was nice too. Uh, I felt it was symbolic. Um, it was a bit overwhelming, the other side of it, I found, in the sense that, yeah, like you said, Jessica, we'd been doing Zoom Pride things and whatnot for so long. Um, there was a bit of anxiety there, I felt, for different people. Uh, but ultimately, I think it came out as joy and like happy that we could actually physically be on the streets and visible and all that kind of thing yeah mm. uh i noticed when we were waiting to walk or to march and i mm. think walking or marching is quite topical in it but yeah i think i forget sometimes what it feels like to be in that kind of space with so many people who i think that kind of layer of safety that comes with being in a pride parade mm-hmm. for me that it's really nice to be around other people that are like me actually yeah. And to be walking with it. I'd noticed this year I enjoyed a lot more than other years. Um, it felt really nice to walk this year. Uh, the safety piece, or just, just the feeling in your heart, or whatever you yeah. want to call it. It's so important, and I feel grateful for it, where you're like, oh, this is so nice, all of these people have like created this lovely atmosphere, but actually you're part of it as well. Yeah. Which is important to note, um, that we all just kind of decided to do it together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I had different feelings in Limerick Pride and Dublin Pride. I had that feeling you had Patrick and Dublin Pride. Okay. Both because I was surrounded by a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of the young people's first Pride and going to a march that walk or, you know, taking part. So I really had that feeling. But I had a, it was a different kind of role I was playing then on 
Saturday working with organisation which is a sense of pride mm. there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um but both equally nice feelings. Yeah. Feeling different at the same time. Mm. Uh, that is actually something that I kind of wanted to bring up today. I hope it's a natural segue. Um, but pride and how it can mean different things for different people and how you can uh, explore it or celebrate or uh, be an activist uh, on pride in, in a different way. I don't know what's your thoughts on that, like different versions of pride. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's a challenging one. I know because I know I'd been thinking about it the last few weeks and it's like what is pride to me and what the purpose of it is and mm. I've noticed it changed over the years where I can remember it being quite a celebration whereas it feels to me at the moment like a march. Yeah. Like I've, I noticed that a real there was something about marching because I, I find I'll hear people talking about it and I found myself where people would talk oh are you going to the parade or are you walking in the parade and I felt an urge mm. to say no I'm marching in it which wouldn't have been like me before it had been quite oh yeah I'm going walking in the parade but there is something I'm not sure what it is at the moment yeah the word march evokes a feeling in me as well and I think it's strength in numbers is what comes to my yeah. mind the strength behind that word I don't know why this yeah. the way it's pronounced even march mm-hmm. yes um, be purposeful or something I don't know it's a hard one to kind of pinpoint why that feeling is there mm-hmm. is it I don't know is it perhaps like we're still here we're queer and all that but like we're still here kind of thing um it's been so long and I think, a lot has happened yeah and it, there's something else in it and I, there's something of it's turned into or sorry I don't think it has turned into I think there's a risk of it turning into this big spectacle and this big kind of mm. oh look at the people marching or walking isn't it great that they get to walk and it's like that for me it's very much a yes it is yeah. but I'm, I notice I'm holding tighter onto why we're doing it now yeah which I don't think I would have held as tight onto before. It's this kind of... There's bits where I'm starting to see... I see families walking and... Mm-hmm. and I say walking when I say families, which is <laughs> weird. I see families marching and I see organisations marching. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of me that's like... And I, I can remember hearing people who would have walked in the first parade in Limerick. And I remember them hearing of their experience, what it was like to walk down the streets of Limerick as seven people. And the strength that that takes. And yet I don't feel that... Sorry, that's not fair. I do still think it takes strength to march down the streets, but something I'm worried we're losing it. We're losing the strength it takes. And actually, I'm saying that and thinking that's not entirely true because I don't think it's easy to walk in that parade. But how important it still is. Yeah. Um, how important it still is. I think, I don't know, I'm feeling this piece that I know comes up for us sometimes where we're uh, working with professionals or families or different things and it's like, oh, there was marriage equality and everything's okay now. Uh, everything's better, but I think a lot of people have kind of just, oh, it's just a fun little day out now. Yeah. Everyone's happy, everyone's equal, uh, and that definitely is not the truth. If, like this idea that everyone's equal, uh, no, that's where it definitely is a march bit. I think. Yep. Well, and we're still seeing it with parents, same-sex parents, mm-hmm. or diverse parents. Yeah. They still don't have equal rights. Mm. So we have a marriage equality bill that there are parts of it still not commenced. So, yeah. and that's seven years later now. Um, <laughs> Duff. Well, let's, well let's, yeah. let's, let's have a conversation about that. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Truly though, like, uh, and on this at time of recording, I've, I've used that in, in the interview with Killian, but at time of recording, it's uh, Dublin uh, Trans Pride is coming up on yeah. this coming weekend. 
um, and I have a lovely poster, which I don't know, we won't be able to see because it's obviously not a recorded thing. But I have a lovely picture of Marsha P. Johnson. Oh, cool. Um, there's no words on it. It's just a lovely picture of her. And I think that's just going to be my poster because I like her image to live on. But basically, the amount of work that she did as an activist and uh, it was speaking for um for trans folks and for gay rights at the time in new york she's very inspirational but it's also kind of upsetting i still think that we're still trying to achieve a lot of what she was trying to achieve yeah i think yeah um and i think for me it's the socially achieve it as opposed to legislatively yeah or in tandem at least or anything yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, just the point was kind of mulling over in my head for the last like five minutes before I was speaking. It's like not making pride performative and for the sake of doing mm. it, for the reason to do it, you know, for the right reasons. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that's important to kind of see. It's hard to elaborate without causing controversy. <laughs> but do uh, cause controversy? Well, and yeah, what what is controversial? I mean, not necessarily you. I mean, like people. You like know, like corporations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the pride washing. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll happily cause that controversy. You know that, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm putting, I'm holding back my words in a way, but, um, yeah, just not to be performative, have reasons mm-hmm. why, and if your organisation is marching a pride parade, make sure that everything is correct within your organisation yes. kind of thing. Oh, here, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, I don't think that's controversial. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, but I think that happens. Yes. Like, we're seeing things where it's, oh, we're pro-LGBT, we're pro-this, mm. and yet there's still homophobic bullying. Yes. yes. And yeah. it's like, yeah. Well, and it's different across the world. I know, watching it online, and there's a person I follow on Instagram, and they do really nice kind of infographs around it, where it was like all the, all the companies during Pride Month that changed their logos to the rainbows, and in countries where it's illegal, didn't. And it's like the Amazon stuff. Mm. I feel like I ranted about this on the last podcast, did I? Well, it's always welcome, though. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, All of this stuff where it's like, yes, we're inclusive, except for here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like that doesn't change it or fix it for people. Your words Mm. need to match up your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Especially these powerful things that, like, they are able to start a conversation like people do listen to them yep um they're not like a small tiny little organization that it costs them maybe to actually yeah. speak out or perhaps i don't know i mean the, the one thing about this part of the conversation though where the hypocrisy the doing it for the sake of it uh, saying we're okay with lgbt everything when they actually probably don't even know what all the letters stand for no <laughs> they just know that they have like a gay intern and they're okay with yeah. them um, or the whole pride movement had started because it came from the gay intern or queer intern or uh, trans or yeah, whoever they are yeah. um, is the young people that really get this they yeah. really really understand the nuances of it I think which is so encouraging for the future I think I mean even we have a leaflet and it says it's gay to be okay Yeah. and I think that's just kind of like taking the piss of that whole pride washing thing Um they understand they understand it i just love that phrase it's gay to be okay they're like we see what you're doing like yeah. we, uh, we're gonna fight this fight anyway we don't yep. necessarily need your mm-hmm. performative yeah activism mm-hmm. which is a phrase i learned from jessica yeah <laughs> and i do think there because i suppose i'm conscious we are or i'm saying it about a lot but i 
I do know there are some out there that have this down, but I think a lot don't. I think it's more common that they don't have this throughout the... Woven into the fabric of the place. Yeah. I think it's often kind of layered on, and I do think there are some organisations that have it woven in, but it does seem to be less so. Yeah, it's like the beginning of June and then end of June, price have gone. Yeah. No, people yeah. don't stop existing after June. No. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. Are you sure? <laughs> well, I think they go back into the closet sometimes. Mm. Yeah. I suppose I was I was thinking it's doable. It is actually doable to have this woven kind of openness, exceptionist thing in places, but then also it is work. Yeah. It's work. Or just yeah, in general, yeah. like acceptance and openness. I even for myself I know it, it it is a struggle sometimes or you have to challenge yourself. But it shouldn't be easy yeah. either, I think. Um does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think when it's just the sticking up a sticker, like that's easy. Uh, if you're in a position, if you're in a position, like do more. Yep. And then there's a the part where there's higher powers that are dictating so much down to yeah. Yeah. people, I don't want to say below them, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, rankings or whatever you, mm. you want to call it, don't make the decision making. So yeah. it often comes from the bottom up to the top down when it comes yeah. to these things. Yeah. Um, and I empathise with that as well. You know, it's not always everyone. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I think, and it's a similar point in it, I think it's when it does come from either the top down or the bottom up, it can be really hard. Because, well, actually, I don't think it's that hard from the top down because people tend to just do what they're told. And that's changing as well, which is good. But I think when it comes from the bottom up, there is a risk that comes with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's important to note if you don't feel safe or you don't yeah. feel like... It's for you, like you and your uh, mem- membership to the LGBT community or as an ally, doesn't mean you like have to yeah. have to put your neck on the, the line. Is that the word? Yeah. All the mm-hmm. time. Like um, it's okay to just want to try existing and get through the day and get through yeah. your life. Yeah, exactly. But if you can, or if you feel like um, you're in a position to be able to speak out, um, try to. Um, yeah. Or gather others uh, with you to try and do it, uh, because yeah, it can be it can be challenging. It's totally. I, I think it's it's not helpful to be judging people if they're uh, staying quiet at a certain moment because yeah they have to protect themselves. Yep, I'm thinking as well the this kind of movement, and I'm not talking about the pride movement. I'm talking mm. about the actual personal movement that people make. That during Pride Month or Pride Week or weekend or wherever you are, where that happens, that. I think it's really hard hard for people to go to an event like that or a parade, experience that kind of, that overwhelm that can be a good overwhelm or a bad overwhelm, and then to return to somewhere where that isn't present. Mm-hmm. And I think it often happens after Pride and there's kind of like the come down that mm-hmm. comes with it that I think can be really challenging, especially depending on the geographical location. Like I'm thinking of people that we've worked with that are in really rural areas where they can come for pride, feel that welcomingness and then return to that isolation. Yeah. Or folks um, that would go to London Pride yeah. quicker than they would yeah. go to Limerick Pride. And I, I understand that as well. Yeah. They're not ready here yet or it, it doesn't feel like it's for them. Which it is for them, but if they don't feel like it's for them, that's, that's okay as well. Um, or for some people, I know... I think I might have mentioned it before, but we saw this movie uh, or documentary, Where Do All the Older Gays Go? Yeah. Um, 
as part of the uh, Yachin festival. But um, there was this uh, woman and she said that some people judge her for not going to Pride. Um, she's an older LGBT person and she said mm, she's just happy living out her life and her walking to uh, walking to the local shop um, being her authentic self in the community she grew up in like that's her yeah. pride march every day uh, and that really resonated with me like she's uh, she's existing yeah. she's not uh, she's not apologising she's just existing doing her regular things because pride can be a lot of pressure sometimes yeah. as well yeah yeah mm-hmm. or feeling, seeing a group, your group of friends doing something you're not doing and it's like why aren't you doing something with us it's like yeah. Yeah. not pressurising people mm-hmm. to be involved because you don't want to be involved either mm-hmm. um, because it's a very personal journey it's very personal. Um, anyway, we feel real comfortable with the people you're surrounding yourself with as well. Yeah. To go with them, mm-hmm. you know. And I think there's pressure in it. I think, like, the outfits I love. I think they're incredible. But yeah. Christ almighty. Yeah. I've had people talking about their outfits for Pride for months. Yeah. I even found myself. What t-shirt were I wearing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, catch yourself on, Jessica. That's not what it's about. Yeah. And yes, yeah. some people for some people it, it is. absolutely yeah. it is. is, yeah. But for me, for me, it wasn't. I was like, "Why yeah, are you worrying?" Fair. But I suppose it, that's a good point. I mean, I know for me, I was excited, yeah, like, that I could wear things that I might necessarily yeah. wa- wear to Tesco, even if they do have <laughs> a pride flag up or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I was really excited, but I'm also aware that that's where I'm currently at, and that would be a different story mm. years yeah. ago. That I'm like, "Oh, will I even go?" Never yeah. mind, like being so I'm definitely going. Like that was taken for given, and obviously because it's part of work as well. But um, yeah, it's interesting. It's very personal. Yeah, I was like, would I be judged if I don't wear something colourful? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, these, all these thoughts are going through my head. I was like, stop yourself. Okay. I've yeah. seen people do like a full black veil kind of like. Sounds right. This up my is seat. a they're doing a memorial kind of walk slash march. Yeah. It's it's up to interpretation. Mm. Yeah. And yet I think there's variety in that too. I think yeah. often there's this the rainbow and what the rainbow is. And I think there's an expectation to represent the rainbow, but actually mm. being there is part of that too. Mm. Yeah, just being. Yeah. I suppose the whole little kind of clear message like there's no minimum, there's no maximum. Yeah. 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 I like that. Whatever volume setting you're at, it's all good. Mm. Uh, kind of speaking of that like where you're at with your own stuff your own journey um, I was really proud uh, and I use proud on purpose but uh, to just see the variety of events over the week and the, the weekend uh, from lots of different folks but like there was um, coffee mornings there was youth activities there's mm-hmm. obviously the parade but like yeah. um, there was a movie screening um there's the, which is here as part of it, there's the AIDS quilt that people can visit. Yes. Mm. Um, it's just so nice that you could do, you could do them all if you wanted to, although that would be yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, or you could just tap in and do one little thing, um, you know, and go home and watch a movie with your friends. Like watch. Um, yeah. Or just watch Drag Race. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you yeah. do whatever you want. Well, it's finding a way to commemorate it. Yeah. 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 Listen to Kylie. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Jenner, not Minogue. <laughs> I'm joking. That is not part of my pride. <laughs> yeah. 
I find there's it's that kind of side of it there where there's celebration and I think there's sadness. Mm-hmm. Like I know when I went to see the the names quilt or the AIDS quilt, that Christ, I think that that links with the history. I find that really tough, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also appreciate the privilege of being able to find it tough that I can actually step back in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, tough. Tough is definitely a word. Moving. I also find it kind of, uh, kind of like the image of Marcia that we have here beside us. To be honest, quite gorgeous. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. As in, genuinely, I think we are here because of all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Work and passion and love. Yeah. Um, but there is, there, it's tinted with a bit of sadness, of yeah. course, as well. Yeah. Um, it was like a hug in a room or something. I don't know what. Yeah. 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 A gorgeous fe- yeah, a gorgeous feeling in the room, but obviously sadness as well come mm. came along with it. But just really nice, mm. you know, togetherness, unity. All these words are coming to my head. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah, and you feel connection. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. I'm sitting with a bit of teariness in yeah. it. Mm. There's something of for me, this loss of. Uh, I don't know if it's history or elders in some way and it's something I've been feeling for a while now is because I can remember living through some of that and quite young I was talking about that, very dramatically living through it I think it was three <laughs> um, but I can remember watching it and hearing it unfold and not really knowing it but knowing there was something about it and when I hear there's certain numbers I hear like I was reading something before we were here about the quilt and the one in America has something like 111,000 pieces to it. Wow. And, or else it's 40,000 representing 111. It's something like that. And when I hear numbers like that about the number of people that have died, I get really sad. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a bit of me going, and we, we're moving with that. But I feel like sometimes we're, in, we're on the possibility or the cusp of forgetting some of the history, which is lovely. And yeah. just to make it nice and light. <laughs> well, no, I encourage what you just said because um, I think it becomes frustrating for me when it we remember all of this, but then it kind of it's washed down by some. It's, fl- it's said flippantly, maybe, and they don't realize. But just oh, well, there's marriage equality. It's all okay now. Yeah, it's not the. Fl- no. There's far more complexities to that yeah. journey and that story, and it's still happening. Um. I think that the sense of loss piece for me it's also the um just raw passion yeah and anger yeah uh, and being controversial even though it's not controversial let's be yeah. honest but like knowing that it's controversial and saying it anyway and just uh being like we that we're here a bit yeah um the sense of loss of that a little bit um even though it still is very brave to be taking part in yeah. the rage but it's um for some, it's just a nice little day out, which is fine. But I'm still angry at a lot of things. Yeah, and actually, as you're saying, I really, yeah, mm. I think there's a bit of me that Miss has been able to express that anger freely. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. when I was walking in the parade, I could feel it. And there was one or two points where I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and there were people clapping. I was like, would you ever? But, <laughs> and at the same time, I'm going to keep coming. <laughs> yeah, right. But there was a bit of me that was like, actually, there's something going on for me here where I do want to tap into this place of fury. Mm around it that I do feel at times yeah it's worth it the time position we're hearing people's stories yes yeah we're hearing hurt we're hearing what they're going through 
and then that bit about my top and becoming yeah it's very natural and because there is i can remember conversations even up to last week of going and what do you think about watching not being part of the parade but actually yeah yeah and i can remember that feeling i remember what it's like to watch something and want to be part of it and knowing i couldn't Mm. or i didn't have the ego strength or whatever to go there and i think yeah i think it's like we're seeing this kind of not actually it's similar to the corporate thing it's Mm. on the surface is this lovely picture of something and yet underneath it's still bubbling Mm -hmm. and it's taken a lot to get there a a lot most of the people yeah yeah probably to wear disguises you know do anything yeah but just to feel part of it yeah Safety and keep yourself safe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it is okay to not feel like you want to yeah. march yeah. some someday. Mm-hmm. Um, might do a slight gear shift. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very welcome to uh, <laughs> protests again. Said that on purpose. Um, against that, but I suppose we're talking about being at different points in journeys. Yeah. Or where people might mm-hmm. feel like they fit in the jigsaw puzzle, or maybe the jigsaw puzzle isn't for them at all, and that's cool as well. Um, I have a quote, so I brought some mm-hmm. some things today. So we have. We I love how prepared you are for this. I'm <laughs> never we this well prepared. <laughs> here, yeah. So well, we have Marsha. That's actually a coincidence. I just have that printed oh. for the for the protest on Saturday, but um, which I think I'm I'm really looking forward to because I I need to scream. That's actually another one too. I need to scream. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I have this quote from Brendan Fox, and he runs, it's this collaboration thing, I think, uh, I think it's called Fast Forward Rewind. Um, just Google Brendan Fox and the Museum for Everyone. Um, well, I've heard of that. Yes. Okay. I've not been, but they have articles about it on GCN and stuff. Um, but I think it captures a bit of that uh, loss, I think, that you were we were talking about. Um, and where we're at today with pride and going forward that's the general message anyway this quote says I still find it hard to locate my queerness at times I generally worry about it or genuinely worry about it is it at the bottom of a pint glass in the gay bars or clubs I frequent or do I leave it in my house next to my keys perhaps it's in the pocket of my partner's jacket that I borrowed or I might have left it at the protest we were all at. I feel like I'm always looking for it, trying to define it, to make it tangible so I can ask it questions, give it a snack, or just say thanks. That's my quote for the day. Um, I don't know if we have any thoughts or we just want to let that sit. I think it's beautiful. It's hard to find words for that, it's very wholesome but empty mm. you know mm. not em- yeah, empty yeah that's the word that's come to mind come yeah hollowness kind of. yes yeah it feels pressure yes um that's a good word i'm aware i've also sprung that upon everyone um i i honestly just came about it earlier today mm. but it, i just think it's interesting and i i think it would be nice for some people to maybe hear mm. it they might resonate with it um i guess from this quote that it's not really answered it's not necessarily found and i think that's okay that's what it is for me that it's like it's okay to be it's a journey and it's okay to check in with it and see where you're at 
I'm still not know. Yeah, the fluidity of it. Yeah. And with the um, the searching. Yeah. There's something of that. Yeah. I think he's made peace with it though. At the same time. I like to be like give it a snack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nourishment. Yeah. You know. Or just to say thanks. That's mm. yeah. the resolution of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think for me it's hitting something else that has been coming up for me. And mm. I think it's that thing of finding it hard to locate it. Mm. There's something of that that over the last while I've been noticing in myself that I know myself, I know of myself, mm-hmm. I know the facets of myself and I feel like I'm getting to know other facets and there, I find I get angry where it's like I'm tired of having to look because I don't feel like other people have to look. Yeah. And I think that's quite judgmental from me but it's this feeling I have of always being kind of different and for a multitude of reasons not just because I was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can be quite hard to pin down under one particular description. I think that's nice though. Yeah, and yet it's challenging. Okay. And I think for, with this, it's like that place of having to look all the time instead of the world adapting to me, I have to adapt to the world. Mm. And it's that kind of feeling. I notice the searching and the looking for something and trying to find it is quite difficult for me, mm. I find. And I'm quite comfortable in myself. But I did think when I heard the, the drink in the bar or next to the keys, yeah. I've noticed it's like sometimes it is those tiny, tiny things that can make a difference. I think it's very important to have your own relationship uh, and know yourself as best you can. Yeah. Jesus, you can't know it all, but like as best you can. But then the queerness thing, I think it's much easier I guess when with others that help you create it together yeah um, and then you don't feel like you have to be defining it so much because it's just an understanding a collective understanding yeah um, and yes the world should be adapting maybe but it's like you're each other's world in that moment so yeah. the rest doesn't matter um, and some people are like, oh, we don't get this. And it's like, well, actually, it's okay that you don't. Yeah. Or you don't have to right now. But I do think there is an expectation to help people get it. Yeah. Completely. Um, I like talking. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm okay with it right now. But I should probably check in with it every now and then. But completely. Sometimes it is exhausting and you don't want to. Yeah, and I wouldn't be saying, I suppose I'm aware, because I'm quite okay with doing it, by the way. Yeah. And just noticing an emergence of it kind of going, ugh. Yeah. Which is new, actually, because usually, and I'm working against yeah. it, so I need to pay attention well, to that. you're not at work, and you're yeah. like, you don't get it, and it's okay. Yeah, Let yeah. me enjoy my, yeah, yeah. my afternoon. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a hand up would be nicer, a pat on the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no one's going to mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> and they should. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think sometimes, you know, people come out in their all different ways or whatever, but sometimes in the media, if someone comes out, it's like, oh, I found this, I found that, and thank you to this person, but under the surface, you know, it's not being talked about what else happened. Yeah, know? yeah. And, it's, mm. and sometimes that can be like for some people, and every, no shame to any people who don't do that, but then it's kind of like, oh, I haven't done that right now, do I have to do the same thing? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know? Um, do I have to do all this soul searching now to find out who I am, you know? Mm. That's the kind of feeling that I get right here, you know? 
that you know like obviously I want to say again no shame to any of those that but there's kind of the kind of jealousy or the kind of yeah the envy of kind of like why aren't I feeling that way yeah yeah you know or why wasn't my coming out met in this way with that elation or, or celebration or yeah, yeah. Mm. you know yeah I know uh, this story is just popping into my head of um, Philip Schofield when he came out I really appreciated Holly Willoughby uh, well obviously just allowing him to say mm. his story but she was very much like thank you for sharing that's yeah. difficult mm-hmm. um, that was really nice to see uh, I don't think he was alone It's it, he, I'm sure he's felt alone a lot of mm-hmm. the time up, up until that but it didn't seem like he was very alone in the experience yeah. when he ultimately came out which was Mm-hmm. nice to see maybe that was the little bit of the destination you had to go to be like okay I feel yeah. like I'm together now in it mm-hmm. yeah. myself yeah you know and I think it shows a bit of the cost of being authentic because I remember the, the commentary around it when he did come out and what people were saying oh he did this and he did that and he should have and mm-hmm. there was a rumour mill then going for a while after it that I just thought it was like what if he was just struggling and came out is it so bad? Like, mm-hmm. kind of boils into the judgment of others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to escape. Everyone has their judgments. Every, yeah. like, there's that one person on the set that's mm. had a judgment about how you how you act in them or don't act in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is very easy to say, but you can decide how you feel about it. If you think they're wrong, they're wrong. Yeah. Is but it too. No. Yeah. I think there's isn't it a, what you think of me is none of my business. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing yeah. of yeah. And I would say that with a bit of power because mm. it's like, well, you can have your thought, but actually, that really has nothing to do with me. Mm. I didn't make it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to have a little bit of that, or it helps for sure, um, to be able to go and do pride. Yeah. To go march. Yeah. And I think you. Sorry, I feel it off the crowd. There's yes. a bit of like, okay, you know, we can be here. Mm-hmm. But that's because you bring it as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I think lots of people kind of saying, thank you for everyone for showing up. Like, thank you for gosh for being there or whatever to m- make me feel like I can be. And it's like, yes, but you also. Yeah. You're also part of that. And thank you for yeah being I imagine other organisations, apart from Gosh, this, but we register extra places for people in case they want to join us. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And they did. Yeah. It was lovely. You know? And it is, because I know, having been here a while, you do see people, and I've met, I meet people at Pride that mm. I wouldn't meet other times of the year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also people that you see all the time, yes. and they don't go to Pride. <laughs> and that's a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe they did watch, uh, like from a side street or something. Yeah. It's quite possible. Um, and that's okay as well. I think I noticed this year, and it really, I remember kind of standing watching it and being really impressed. There were two people there that didn't come together, came on their own to the parade. And I'd heard them speaking, and there was one point where I heard one of them speaking, and I was amazed by them. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I wouldn't have had that confidence at that age I wouldn't have had the ability to go to a pride parade on my own yeah. stand there and actually just get chatting to people mm-hmm. and it was, there were two of them and I was like you're pretty cool that yeah I seemed to experience her pride party that morning okay yeah. just, never came before and just came up and were like jeez that's cool you know yeah I think that's where that's the beauty in it though uh, 
where it is different than St. Patrick's Day Parade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day Parade is lovely, whatever. But <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. But it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different where those young people or whoever it is, they said no today. It's my pride. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a day for me and all my siblings or whatever. And um, why not? Like they did that. They just pushed themselves a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Have to be immense strength behind themselves, though. Absolutely. Like, so admirable mm-hmm. just before we had this uh, recording we were having discussions about pride obviously and um, there's been lots of different questions from people about over the years to be honest about what can they do or is it appropriate for me to go and march at pride um, I'm straight myself or all these different things and I don't know what's your thoughts on that no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's always important there's strength in numbers. Absolutely. I think people who want to walk in it should walk in it to feel it. Because actually, I do think you get to feel it. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really nice experience to have, is to absorb the feeling of being part of something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think... Um, I think if you want to be there, if you feel passionate about people's rights and equality, yeah, then you're welcome there. Yeah, I'm not the spokesperson, but I think if you have the good intentions, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. The intent, the good intentions. Yeah, whatever that may be, just do you know, do something to show your support. Yeah, yeah. like it's worth it's different to everyone and how you show it. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many different ways. Um, you can do it because you're looking for someone to clap and give you uh, lots of praise. Sure. It would be nice if you were doing it for like good intentions and you don't even mind if people see that you do it or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, share, share a post. Mm-hmm. Um, speak more openly when you're talking about people's partners or the way they might live their life yeah. where they are. Yeah. Very casually just kind of enact it in your interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different ways you can do it, but just do it, I'd say. Yeah. Or if you feel like there's something going on in your school or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I know it can be hard um, to mm. recognise that, but you know, feel like you've appropriate channels or a supportive person in your life in school mm-hmm. to channel it to them. It will get yeah. to someone eventually. Um, see what you can do there, you know? Mm. I also think there's there's a few other bits in it. There's silence is a way of showing allyship sometimes, not all the time. But I do think sometimes being with someone in silence oh, is yeah. far more important than talking. Mm. And I think that's often underestimated where sometimes it's more important to just sit with someone and allow them to be themselves than it yes. is to say anything else. I also think there is bits where I feel a bit money helps. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think Gosh always graciously accepts donations mm-hmm. that it does help us make a difference and it genuinely helps us make a difference for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I know in the past some donations would have been used to feed some of our clients where they wouldn't have been able to afford food or housing. Mm-hmm different kind of things not so much housing actually but different things like that it has always helped with people mm-hmm. there's something about the allyship that I think sometimes it gets lost in translation mm-hmm. and I think sometimes people who are allies can speak for instead of yes. encouraging the voices of that yeah. I think is in, yeah. for yeah. yeah so to speak with and mm-hmm. allow them space to speak instead of speaking for them because I have noticed something before of people almost saying oh well I'm an ally so I get it and it's like no you absolutely bloody well don't mm-hmm. but you do have an understanding of it and maybe say that 
Mm. Yeah, I think I prefer the phrase maybe like I'm an ally, so I want to learn, or I'm an ally, yeah. I want to listen, yeah, yeah. I want to try. Yeah. Um, which is a technicality, but I think it's very impactful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was something I was at something recently, and it isn't around the queer or LGBT stuff, but I'd watch someone who is an ally in general yes. with a lot of people, and yeah. I remember that watching them and observing it from the side. And they were talking to this person who was marginalised and the whole, it was like in a kind of a workshop and the whole way through the workshop they were talking to this person and at the end the person who was the ally stood up and went, I think as a group we're forgetting this and I think it's important we pay attention to it but actually my voice isn't the voice that should speak about this, mm. it's this person and we've been talking about what they might say and then inviting that person to stand up and speak and it mm. was, I remember thinking oh that's how this works. Mm. Something yeah. of the using our privilege you, a person using privilege to allow space for the voices of others. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're in that position, like the yeah. privilege yeah. thing. If you can, uh, do, I guess. Just yeah. yeah. Do you try your best? I don't know if anyone else has any other thoughts on that, but that's kind of summed it up very nicely. Um, if you feel if you feel like something's not right, or you feel like uh, someone's being mistreated, or they're being othered, if we want to use that mm. phrase, uh, annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speak out if you can it's it's okay to maybe protect yourself if you're not yeah. feeling safe but if you feel like you're in a position of power just just do it just mm-hmm. call them out and call I am joking out. when I say annihilation <laughs> yeah because sometimes it isn't safe to no. No. Yeah. no yeah I think that's maybe yeah. a nice yeah. piece to, mm-hmm. to bring home for today mm-hmm. um, next up we have uh, interviews with uh, Killian and Patrick, um, which are done by both myself and Jessica. Um, so stay tuned for that. The podcast, Killian. Thank you. Um, we are continuing our series of just having brief chats with our different colleagues and staff here at GOSH. And if you'd just like to introduce yourself, tell us what you do here at GOSH. And um, yeah. Yeah. So um, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Killian Flynn. I am the operations manager here in GOSH. Um, so I would work uh, predominantly with Anne, who is the overall manager. Um, so I do a lot of the non-client facing work. So from mm-hmm. the strategic side to um, kind of covering reception, volunteer management, um, cover reception, I suppose when our receptionists aren't here anymore, mm-hmm. uh, if they're out on holidays or anything like that. Um, but also then from our website or social media I do a lot around our finance and administration and funding applications as well so I've often described it as for making sure there is coffee in the kitchen to money in the bank account Mm -hmm. and everything in between yeah I would say um a classic uh keeps the wheels turning kind of situation um and yeah I suppose uh some people might recognize you uh, already or have heard you speak before but you uh, and our receptions would usually be the first kind of point of contact for a lot of folks yeah they would um, I suppose Sarah joined us in October November last year and then Roisin joined us in May so prior to that I'd have been covering reception mm-hmm. um, quite a lot um, and then kind of in those spaces if Sarah Roisin are out or if they're caught up doing something else as well I'd cover the phones or mm-hmm. cover reception as well so yeah any existing clients or service users who come through the door would hope know me mm-hmm. um, or those who might ring up with some general inquiries as well sometimes get me yes 
yeah. Um, is there anything, um, because I suppose we've just celebrated, uh, at time of recording, we've just celebrated Dermot Pride, uh, so we've had a very action-packed week, but um, is there anything coming up for uh, GOSH at the moment, uh, or any services that you'd like to highlight? Um, yeah, so I suppose kind of coming up now, and now we're in summer, we've some more physical activity events coming up, mm-hmm. so we have the introduction to kayaking, which is coming up use your light at time recording in a couple of weeks time mm-hmm. um so we have that coming up at the end of july and that's across our socials as well um that that's coming up and then um so that's a really good kind of community event kind of getting people to social events so getting people to meet each other kind of get involved in different events um and then we'll have a few more of those coming up as well we've um a agreement with the Sports Partnership to mm-hmm. develop some more physical activity events. Okay. Um, we're also looking to kind of, and it's across our socials as well, looking to see what the community want. Mm. Um, so asking them for new group ideas as well. So that's across our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, if you just search for Gosh, um, mm-hmm. that you can see those. And then service-wise, I suppose we're part of the national online uh, home testing kit um, which was launched for the for the midwest in february so that's sh24.ie so mm-hmm. that's where people can go online order a home kit arrives in the post in discreet packaging do all their swabs post it back um, and as part of my job i would also sit on the national pilot um steering group that oversees that and just kind mm-hmm. of looks to see how it's going um so that's another part of my role that i'd sit on kind of steering groups or implementation groups just around policy or new projects that um state agencies that we're partnered with would be mm. working on as well which is really important to do because like we're here doing the work if you get me so it's it's really important to have a, a voice at that exactly yeah. yeah and just something that might work in dublin may not necessarily work the yeah. same outside of dublin um so it's just making sure that there's voices heard feedback from service users so if they even come in for a test that kind of feedback and then yeah we feedback that then to um the other age the stakeholder groups mm-hmm. which is really important as well to make sure that people who come through our door that their voice is heard and represented yeah um yeah i suppose just to highlight one point that you did bring up you said about well yeah the people that we work with and come through the door um uh, about events and stuff um and getting feedback from clients and service users. Uh, Killian said to check us out on all of our social media and stuff. Yeah. You can sign up to our newsletter. We're always very happy to uh, see what people want. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's all, you know, we're a team of, of 14 and coming up with mm-hmm. ideas and things like that. And then, you know, it's great to have the people who, you know, why we're here. Yes, service users. It's great to have the that impact or that um, voice heard as yeah. well. That influence, I think, is the word. Not yeah, um, and seeing the impact from that. Um, you know, as a person, I started off as a volunteer here before joining mm-hmm. as a staff member. Um, so I think it's important that you know those voices are heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's why we're here. Yeah, like exactly. You know, someone said to me, I think in my first couple of months starting here, that effectively you're trying to work yourself out of a job. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, kind of effectively, you're trying to solve a issue that's in the community, but I think it's not happening at the moment. We'll be here for another while. Yeah, it's it's a process, but it's nice to be part of it, I suppose. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think that's all questions I have, unless you have anything else. Um, uh, no, just I suppose kind of, yeah, have a look on the website, have a look on the socials, and for sure. just, you know, we're, it's a good team of people here that if anyone does want to reach out and seek support, just to, to give us a call or drop us an email. Absolutely, between us all, we'll definitely figure something out. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank you so much, Killian. No problem. Patrick, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, so, so we're having a little chat about your role and what you do at GOSH, so you can share whatever you feel about your role. Yeah, uh, so I'm the gender and orientation support worker and I work predominantly with adults over the age of 18 and 24 and I work with parents as well around gender and orientation so for some people that would be exploring their gender and orientation so their LGBTI plus identity and for others it's around helping them understand what's happening for people so some of my work is with parents some of my work is with individuals and I also do some work then with professionals in the area so I deliver training and kind of offer support that is a little bit less formal to them so if they have any questions or anything around how to work in these particular areas i'd help with them um and for the moment i think that's all that's in my role i get confused sometimes because there's been so many i've had so many titles over the years yeah we say to our doll i'm like it's pretty loaded at that yeah 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 and there's a bit and, more <laughs> and how long have you been working at gosh uh so i've been with gosh since i think the 31st of October. October 2012 so I'll be coming up on 12 10 years Jesus I'll be coming up on 10 years this year um would have started as a community development worker and then moved more into this kind of area of support work and how do you kind of find the change throughout the years you know cause it's been quite a change um yeah. quite I imagine it was quite um didn't happen all at once no uh it's been progressive so I know the first maybe three or four years I was here, there was quite a lot more areas to my work and that was particularly intense. And I think throughout the years, as we've increased our presence in the region and developed and worked more, we've been able to create work for things. So I know we would have a lot more different. We have a lot of people working with us now, which is much better than it was in the beginning where there was only five or six of us. So I suppose it's changed drastically from the beginning in terms of I would have been doing maybe five or six people's work whereas now I'm just doing my own as one person which is really nice mm -hmm. and it's nice to be able to meet more of the needs of people I think we're better meeting the needs now than we would have been when I started and I would have been mm -hmm. I suppose it's nice to have a team to you know, can drag everyone's experiences and qualities together and then that develops into something really nice yeah. Um, such as different roles within as you mentioned before you kind of change your role the title of your role and you're kind of going with the times and what's what the need is for the communities yes and I think that's always been really important in the decisions we've made is what's coming up from the clients so a lot of times it would be my role would have shifted and other people would have come in as part of that and it would have been a direct result of what the clients were telling us so it's been it's and I, I kind of think when I came in, we were amalgamating two organizations and both both organizations would have worked that way where the client's needs dictate what supports are available. So it's been really nice to watch that emerge and get bigger as the time has gone on. 
Mm -hmm. And you kind of mentioned it briefly at the beginning about training. Um, what does your training involve and who is it for and who can get involved? Yeah. Uh, God, it's strange because at the beginning, I would have had a very different answer for this. Because um, when I started, training would have been for everyone. It would have been mm -hmm. for anyone who had an interest in it. And now we're much more specific about it. So now we talk about how actually it's professionals. And we're really clear with that, that the general population, the general public don't need to know a whole lot about this. But the professionals who come into contact with people absolutely do. And we would work with everybody from people like ourselves, so community workers, uh, support workers, youth workers, uh, management in community sector and voluntary. And we'd also work with people like clinical psychologists. Um, we've had a few doctors, I think. And we've worked with people in third level, second level, various different kind of educational settings. For us, the criteria is, will you be in contact with a person who may have a diverse gender and orientation? And how do we ensure that they have the safest space in that? Mm -hmm. And how is this developing the training? Um, like, you know, putting it together, because I think it, sometimes it can be daunting. Um, kind of, where do I start and what do I need to do? Or, or the people who are involved need to do? Um, I think it's hard to develop it. We've uh, kind of pared down into a day-long training. And uh, we used to do a two-day training and we used to do a half-day training. But... The day long we're finding at the moment is working and we have a hope that it would turn into a two day training at some point. I think there's a lot of work that goes into the prep of it and no more than kind of working in the organization itself. I think as facilitators, it's really important that we know our own stuff too, because we're working. I think people forget how deep this gender stuff goes and how challenging it is when you're challenged in that. So I think a lot of the preparation for the training is about preparing ourselves for those spaces and to kind of opening up into learning and safety in that space, as well as the kind of fundamentals of it. I know when I started, it used to be really hectic trying to get everything together, whereas now we kind of have it where we have boxes or little folders with things in them that we just throw into one box and we go then. So it's easier to kind of do it now, I think. Um, I imagine kind of every training day is different depending on your setting and your environment and maybe who might be attending the training stuff like that yeah and how you're feeling <laughs> yeah because there exactly. are days where we would have a lot of energy and we other days where we wouldn't and I think that's similar within the one-to-one -one work as well I think in the training I know there'd be a lot of focus for me and others who facilitate your own personal development we would see how important it is that you as a person in that training get a space to understand yourself, which in turn helps the people you work with. So I think it, it does vary depending on how open or how comfortable you are and sometimes how uncomfortable people are. Because it's definitely discomfort in some of this because the, it's the fear of the unknown and what's... Yeah. And challenging yourself can be hard as well and challenging the pre-ideas maybe that you've had in your head before you go into the training. Oh, but yeah. I think that's the beauty of it then. Yeah. And I think even in the descriptions of it, and similar to how we talk about our own work, the individual work, it's hard to explain how the conversations go. And it's hard to mm -hmm. explain how it happens in the moment. And yet it flows quite a lot. Yeah. Um, as I said before, kind of each day is different. Yes. yes. Um, which is nice. And then that takes learning for facilitators as well. What, yeah. to, what may work and may not work. Yeah. 
So as well as the facilitators doing the training and, you know, creating it, it's the participants who also have a feedback in it also. Yeah, and I know we would, so I don't think any two days are the same, like we're saying, and in the training, I think it's the same. We have a few things that we know we have to cover, but the rest is fairly flexible. And much like the rest of the way we work, when it comes to developing the training, it comes from the client base, it comes from the participants. So we would have feedback at every single training and the training has adapted accordingly. So I know one of the ones that has happened recently is people have had a desire for kind of movement in the work because a lot of it is quite mm. heavy. And we've tried to bring in pieces where there's less kind of talking, more tactile based exercises. Mm. So I think it is an ever growing and ever changing beast. Which is good. So I think, you know, it's, that's not always going to be the same. No. No, I think I'd get bored if it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you recently qualified as a secretary for Patrick. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> would you like to speak a small bit about that role and what that entails? Yeah. So um, I suppose I'd, I'd work with people in a therapeutic way. And the training that I would have done is gestalt therapy. So I think it's hard to kind of put in words as well. I've So I've done four years of that, which means I'm now a qualified therapist and I have a year's master's kind of coming down the line in the next maybe six or eight months. Um, I think it makes a huge impact. I, and I think it goes back to some of the way we're working. I feel quite blessed to follow the path that I've been following the last few years. I think as an organisation, we meet the client where they're at. And this form of therapy and training that I've done is very much aligned to that, that it's about meeting a person there and then. And I think meeting being the important word, because sometimes I think we can become separate to the people that we work with. And I think some separation is really important. But when we're in the room with them, I think it's really important to be able to sit with them and be with them and not be distracted or moved away as best we can. So I think when I think about, yeah, it's weird. When I think about to when I first started working in GOSH, and when I think to now, I feel like a very different person. And I think how I work with people mm -hmm. is different. And I've felt it over the years how with psychotherapy training, sometimes it's about kind of learning new skills and sometimes it's about learning how to be okay with yourself and how to settle into yourself and be easy. And I know mm -hmm. someone recently about it that actually I feel like since doing the course, I've become more of myself as opposed to thinking that I change. Mm -hmm. because um majority of you know these courses are about self uh, development of yourself and then we get development for yourself it's about you seeing where the client's at as well you know yeah yeah and it's like how i know i remember someone saying to me years ago you can only bring clients as far as you've been and i mm. think it's i like that because there is some of you know some people you've never been to where some people are and that's really okay and there's other people where if you know those parts of yourself you can go there with them and they're scary because I know I have experiences that have been difficult and some that I'm okay with and some that I'm not okay with. And we go to all of those places with clients as hard mm -hmm. as it is to do that. Exactly. You know, it can be hard to kind of push yourself to go there, but it's kind of like, you know, the work is not only with the client, but it's yourself as well. When you're working, you're working with each other. Yeah. You know, and building I, that trust and really, that relationship. Yeah. And I, I think I like that part of this particular training where we talk about working with clients we don't like oh maybe it's not working with when I talk about clients I talk about the work that we do together and mm. I think some people talk about the client as being separate and they are separate to me but they're still a full human just as full as I am and mm -hmm. a bit of me 
I can only sit with them and provide the space. They're the ones that will do the work. Exactly. And there's learning from them as well. You know, the experiences as hard as they may be for them, but learning how to, you know, if a client may come up with a similar um, topic in the session, kind of obviously it's not going to be the exact same, but just how to work through that as well. Yeah. And it's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, what would your favourite part of your role be? Oh, um, I think it's sitting with the clients. There's time, there's some people I have great fun with. And it's not from a place of making fun of them. It's, I really like these people. And I think it's really, there's days where I work with people and I think, Jesus, this is really powerful. And I think that that's my favourite bit is when I get to feel that kind of excitement and movement. And and it isn't always excitement and nice feelings. It, it's often actually quite heavy stuff, but I, I can feel their their movement and the possibility opening up and that's mm-hmm. really powerful yeah, and that I, is very perfect yeah and getting to be a part of that in whatever part it is is a real luxury mm-hmm. no i am not that person but being able to sit in a room and witness someone's growth and someone's ability to change themselves and grow themselves yeah it makes me warm and fuzzy that's really nice to hear yeah um is there anything else you wish to share about gosh or about your role that you want the listeners to know about um i don't think so i think the only thing i would say is for people who are listening i i think it's knowing that there's a space for people and i think we've talked about that on the podcast how they provided but i like it and i talk about it a lot i know what it's i know what it's like to walk in the front door as a service user i know what it's like to sit at reception and watch people walking in and i can remember what it was like to sit at reception and seeing faces pass the door loads of times and eventually coming in and i think it's really important to recognize that sometimes people are busting in the door and sometimes people need someone to invite them in and that you know we meet everyone at that place i think there's a lot of pressure to kind of get help or look after yourself but i think in gosh we're ready when people are ready yeah that's a very um you know potent message to put across that um just come in when you're ready that you know doesn't have to be this it's 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 your space your sessions you guide it yeah and whatever comes, it'll come. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You have the the ability to go where you want to go. Yeah. And I think it's knowing that there's a space where you're trusted and respected. Like I'd see it with clients where if I think they're going really off the path, I'll mention it. But I trust them enough to know they're fully fledged adults. Mm-hmm. For me, anyway. I know there's something to do with that. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Patrick, for sharing with us. And I hope um, some listeners find that helpful. Yep. And of course, you can go onto the website if you want to have no further information yep. or to get into contact. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. So as always, we put up um, a poll on our social media to see if anybody has any questions for... Um, this episode we will also be putting that up again before we commence our third season if you've any topics or questions that you would like to be included but for today uh, we do have a question that came in Jessica and it's asking uh, a person was asking do they have any groups or like services for um, over 18s um yes we actually had this question a few times I think actually um but thank god we're getting ready to answer it now um Yes, yeah, so there is an over 18s group that is um, run by Gosh Limerick Youth Service. Um, and it's for the LGBT plus young people and allies uh, from 18 to 24. So if you'd like to know more information where what it's about and where it's mm-hmm. on, um, you can email youth at gosh.ie. Cool. Or just give us a general ring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
Okay, uh, welcome to the part of the podcast where we talk about facts. So today again we're going to cover gender, orientation, sexual health and HIV. And to start with gender, so I suppose we're thinking about gender and the constructs around it and also the existence of people who aren't fitting within the binary of male and female. And there's a lot of conversation around how this new kind of movement is quite recent. I suppose from from our point of view we know that this isn't the case, but there is some information out there that factually supports that. So what we do know is among the sexual depictions in Neolithic and Bronze Age drawings, which would be the period from roughly 7000 BC to 1700 BC, the drawings and figurines from the Mediterranean are, as one author describes it, a third sex. So they're human figures having female breasts and male genitals without distinguishing sex characteristics. And also in Neolithic in Italy, Female images are found in a domestic context, while images that combine sexual characteristic appears in burials and religious settings. As well as that, in Neolithic Greece and Cyprus, figures are often used are often depicted as dual sexed and without identifying sexual characteristics. So it is this kind of piece that it isn't as new or modern as people think it is. Mm. It's actually been around much, much longer, but seems to get lost in translation over time. How does that sound to you? Very wordy. Very wordy. (laughs) That's because I read it. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's this piece of all of these constructs we have around gender that don't Mm. fit as rigidly as we think. And people getting frustrated that they don't fit. Well, it's like, well, we created them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was never, there's no perfect fit anyway. Yeah. So why are we getting frustrated? Yeah. Scrap it all. All of it. And which seemed to work beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose then thinking about orientation and a factor on that is to reiterate, and we keep having to reiterate this, Mm -hmm. contrary to popular belief and social belief, sexual orientation is not contagious. So you cannot suddenly catch being gay, lesbian, asexual, and I'm not sure if straight is contagious. (laughs) Um, But it is this part that talking about it as it is not something that you can pick up and that if you are in a room with someone, you also suddenly don't become irresistible, which I find highly entertaining. (laughs) Um, Talking about sexual health then. So the main piece around sexual health, which is some fairly new information. Uh, So we're hoping that in the next few months, hopefully in and around August, that free contraception will be available to people between the ages of 17 and 25. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? Um, Yes, they're hoping to roll out in August of this year. I think the reason why it's 17 to 25 at the moment is because they realise that's the group that were most affected by cost of contraception. Oh, okay. yeah. um, and I don't know the whole ins out of it, but I know you have two uh, GP visits within um, that for checkups and stuff like that. And cool. it's all different forms of contraception that they provide under oh, cool. that, not just one. Cool. Time. Yeah, all different types. Okay. Um, So then looking at HIV, so in Ireland we had our first AIDS diagnosis 41 years ago Um, and I think it kind of carries on from what we were talking about earlier, so Mm. the the quilt and the prevalence and importance of stuff like that. So the quilt, we have it in Limerick, it would have been in the last few weeks and it's now moved, we're hoping it'll travel through the Midwest, so Clare and Tip, I think. Yeah, it's going to I think it's here until this Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and I suppose we look at that in a broader kind of context. So by 1989, 20 countries had their own quilts. 
1990, Ireland followed suit. And it was started by a woman called Mary Shannon, whose friend passed away from AIDS. Um, and she create, helped create the Irish names quilt's first patch. Um, and that friend of hers would have died in 1990. So it kind of began in the recognition of, and has continued since, where I think there were five or six quilts yeah, over there so. at this point mm-hmm. that will, have, will hopefully be hung up in the different places too, to experience what... The history of people and what they leave. I think it's beautiful that they travel because they're the souls they never left behind. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like uh, yeah, just images and memories living on. Yeah. Do you want to use your quote from WandaVision? Is that appropriate? I don't know if I'd be able to hold it together. Through. <laughs> I know. I think it's this <laughs> thing that grief is. What is grief if not love enduring? Yeah. Which I think is really lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure they robbed it from somewhere. I did go looking for it to find, like, maybe it's just a scriptwriter. <laughs> <laughs> they might not have. Yeah. So this concludes um, this episode, and it also concludes this season of the podcast. <gasps> um, so we would like to thank you all uh, for listening, as always, and we do encourage you to stick around and subscribe and all that kind of stuff for when our season three premieres. Um, we're going to have a red carpet no, that's a joke um, <laughs> but um, yeah thank you all for um, contributing to the conversation mm-hmm. as well with your comments and questions um, if you remember we we started this as kind of new hosts uh, a couple of months ago and we kind of went through a few different topics but we talked about asexuality we talked about consent and how it's obviously essential um, we spoke about gender and then we spoke about labels, people's different relationships to them. That kind of brought us up to today's discussion about pride. Also, I suppose, about queerness a little bit, activism, what people can do, how they can support one another. And um, where we're going to go next, who knows? But um, again, we thank you for sticking with us yeah. and we look forward to continuing the conversations. Thank you very much. Thank you.